Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Now, we're in our series called Instruments of Change. You could take notes. I want you to take notes. You could take a picture of some of the things that are going to be on the screen. Now, one of the things that has kept me, the reason for those of you who are new, that have kept me, the instruments of change are disciplines that I have carried in myself and other people that have helped me stay grounded in the work of the Lord and not backslide. I said something last week, and I'm going to say it again. It's not God's will for us to get saved and backslide for a couple of years and have a couple backsliding tries and then come back to the Lord. That's not God's will. Say amen. One of the areas, please hear me now, this is going to really hit home encouraging, but it's also going to cut deep, all right? One of the areas that has grounded me to make sure that I do not backslide is in the area of activating my gifts in the local church and talents. Activating my gifts and talents have actually made me grounded and planted, and it made me feel part of something so that I won't be backslidden or bored or whatever you want to call it. Because this is also an area, not just prayer, not just the word of God, not just worship, but I'm telling you, not just discipleship. Getting plugged into your gifts will help you feel grounded in the local church and even grounded in your walk with God. Some of you are are experiencing boredom in christianity not because jesus is bored because you haven't learned how to use your gift for the local body amen now look at what peter says in the nlt god has given you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts isn't that amazing it's not that god is short on his resources it's us that are short in our availability christina was talking about availability now watch what what peter said he said God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Watch this. Use them well, here's a kicker, to serve one another. That should have got an amen there. Do you have, oh, I love this. See, sometimes we think spiritual gifts are only prophecy. We've limited being used by God by being behind a pulpit. That's not just being used by God. No, there's so many ways that we could be used by God. This is a very small percent of it. As a matter of fact, this is probably the least percent of it. The rest of the work has to come throughout the week. Now watch this. Do you have a gift of speaking? This is what the Bible says. Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Come on, I'm preaching good right now. Do you have the gift of, watch this, helping others? What? That's a gift? Wait, I just, Pastor George, really, my gift is not that big. I just like to help others. God calls that a gift. Hospitality. Because some of you say, well, I can't be used by God because I'm not a preacher. God says, you don't have to be a preacher. You can help others. Open up your home. Have a barbecue. Use the gift that God has given you. Watch. Watch this. Do you have a gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever. And everyone said? People are always looking for ways to connect. Say connect. Now, the reason why I say that is because when I first started the church, I interviewed families. And I said, what's the number one thing that you could tell me that I need to hear about start planting a church? You know what they said? They said, we love God and we love uh, 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 the word or we love worship, whatever they would say. But I feel disconnected. And I would talk to people all over. So I'm like, okay, that's a buzzword, right? I I feel disconnected. So I actually wanted to say, 
mean? Like, what does connection mean? And as I was in prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that there's three um, streams or pillars of connectivity, all right? When we think of I am not, I don't feel connected, the first thing that comes to mind is what? We need each other, right? We need fellowship, right? That's the first thing that comes. Well, I feel disconnected, so that means I need people, and that's true. The first stream of connectivity is we need fellowship with one another. Can I hear an amen? Watch this. To feel connected. I'm not talking about just other things. To feel connected. The second thing that the Lord revealed to me of how we feel connected, watch this, is that some people have the fellowship, but they don't feel connected to a message or a cause. In other words, I look at Edwin back there. One of the things he burns for is not only intercession, but for the ending of abortion. Come on, somebody. Amen. But you know what? He, he feels connected to a cause for justice. David looked around and said, is there not a cause? That's why you're not doing anything, because there's no cause in you. So when you find a cause or a message, some people are gravitated to other churches that, that, that harp on finances or some other churches that harp, hype on whatever. But the, there's people that gravitate, feel connected to a certain message or culture. Can I hear an amen? Now watch. The third level of connectivity is when you and I are plugged into and recognize our gifting. That's what makes you connected. I had a spiritual daughter tell me, uh, and I'm going to be brief. I was talking to them in our pre-launch days, and um, I said, hey, so what, gets you, what makes you feel connected? And you know what they said? They said, well, I'm an introvert, and um, I have the fellowship. The fellowship is good for me. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't need that. Uh, and, this is, and this person said, well, about the cause, I could go to everything. I could go to... Um, uh, I could hear any word, and I, I, I could feel connected. I go, then what makes you feel connected? You know what she said? She goes, PG, I am a worship leader. I am a singer, and, I'm, uh, and I come alive when I have an opportunity to sing and bring people into the presence of God. And suddenly, the revelation hit me. There's some people that could be sitting in church getting a good word and getting fellowship and even have good Christian fellowship and still feel disconnected. You know Why? Because there's no room either for them to have uh, their gifting displayed in the local church or they don't want to or they don't feel it's necessary or they, don't, they just have a revelation of not using their gift. Let me tell you something. When you and I ha- are operating in our gifting and we're doing that, I'm here, I'm here to tell you something. Your heart will become alive. Can I hear an amen? When you don't operate in your gifting, slowly something is dying inside of you. So... It's not the pastor's job to know everybody's giftings in the church. Could you imagine Pastor Moses with three million people? Hey, Pastor Moses, it's your job to know all the gifts of the people. Okay, just line three million people in the in a single file line, and I'll tell them. What's, your, what's, what's my gifting, uh, Moses? Uh, goat herding ministry. Go ahead and do that. That's your, that's your ministry. How about me? Well, the tent fabric ministry. Go ahead and you, you're, you're in that, that department. How about me? No, it will take forever. Let me tell you something. The reason why people don't operate in their gifts, are you ready for this? Already? It's because we're waiting for people to affirm our gift instead of recognizing the gift that God has given us. We're waiting for someone to call our gift out and say, hey, I think you should do this in the ministry. Now, there's a balance to that. I understand that. But nine times out of ten, God is waiting for you to say, hey, I am gifted in hospitality. Or I am gifted in teaching. Or I am gifted in discipleship. Or I am gifted in giving. That's a gift. I'm going to share it with you in a second. There's there's a gift called giving. (laughs) All right? And so we, 
by activating your gifts, you will become plugged in to the church and you won't feel abandoned. And you know what? Watch this. You're going to feel connected. I'm going to prophesy to you right now. You want to, have, you want to feel connected in the church? Seriously. You want to feel connected in the walk with God? Start recognizing and activating your gift. And I hear it bust your bubble. Every single one of you have a gift. Because if that's not truth, the first scripture that I just read that where it says God has given you a vast variety of gifts would not be true then. You have to find out what your gift is. And towards the end of this message, I'm going to give you a hint and a clue what your gift is. And it doesn't look the same to everybody. Can I hear an amen? Now, when I say gifts, I'm not just talking about spiritual gifts of, of, of tongues or prophecy. All that is amazing, the nine gifts of the Spirit. Well, that's another topic. But I'm talking about your service gifts, the, the, other, the other gifts that God has given inside of you. Look at the screen. I'm going to put up the first, the first slide. Most of our church experience has been motivated by our selfish needs, don't throw something at me, <laughs> instead of giving of ourselves and of the gifts that God has placed in us. I want to read that again. Most of our church experience has been motivated by our selfish needs instead of giving of ourselves of the gifts and of, that God has placed in us. Now watch this, guys. How can we as Christians live as a counterculture in society today as lights in dark places. Watch this, guys. Watch. How can, you, how can the church of God be a community that's, that looks different than the world? Sadly, some of the church people looked exactly like, 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 like worldliness. How can we look distinct and be a counterculture and, 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 and salt and light in the world? Well, you know what we have to do? We first have to step back. Watch this. And look at some of the traditions that we have picked up along the way that have shaped our American culture of church. Let me tell you something. When you go to China, and there's people that are having underground church, and they could get killed at that church, but they do it anyways. There's people that walk miles in Africa and other places of the country just to hear a sermon. But in America... The tragedy is that we have more churches than we could count in, 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 in our numerical system. We have more technology that at the, at, the, at the point of a finger, we have the Greek and the Hebrew. We have more resources than everybody. But the problem and the tragedy is that we can't get people to volunteer in a local church with their gifting. Now, now, now look at this. One of the cultures that we have adapted in America, unfortunately, is a self-centered culture that breeds apathy and just uh, entertainment. Watch. And in the American culture of Christianity, if the church doesn't slightly entertain us a bit, I'm going to preach good over here. If the, if, the, if, the, if the local church doesn't slightly entertain us a little bit, if it doesn't, if it, if it doesn't meet our needs, then, uh, uh, sorry, our style, then we become complainers. We don't activate our gifts in the local body. And sometimes, if you're not careful, you'll complain and criticize all the things that are happening and you'll leave. American, American church has become about my style. My music, my preaching, my anointing, my philosophy. And if it doesn't fit my, my set of music, if it doesn't fit my style, then you know what? I'm just not going to get involved. That's not how the early church operated. Then they say, Paul, that's not, uh, that's not my style. I'm more urban. You need to go change your style a little bit. 
No, because it's, we've become, we've, we've adapted a culture that has pervading the world. And now the church is being, is being um, stung by the culture of the world. Can I hear an amen now? It's been all about me. So Peter felt the need to address this er situation in the early church. Because listen, the early church, they didn't know that that God has given them gifts to flow. Gifts of teaching. Gifts of hospitality. Gifts of writing. Gifts of singing. Gifts of songwriting. They didn't know that because Christianity was just a movement back then. It was very new because Jesus Christ just finished dying and resurrecting just a couple years ago. But you know what? In 2017, it shouldn't be new to us. Every, what would happen if every one of you knew what the gift of God was inside of you and you start using it in your life and in your local church? The church will explode. There is gifts that are untapped. And I love what Joanne said in our leaders meeting. I said it before. The greatest gold mine of the world is not Fort Knox. The greatest gold mine of the universe is not some bank. You know what it is? Is a cemetery. You say, why is a cemetery? Because that's where all the unfulfilled dreams and gifts lie that were supposed to be activated and never did, and they went to the grave with them. The person that was supposed to have stir the gift up to find a cure for cancer was scared and never did it. Their gift died with them. The person that was supposed to go to a missionary trip and change the world and technology never did it because they didn't believe in their gift. The, uh, the person that was supposed to reach uh, certain people through discipleship never did it because they felt their gift was too invaluable. And so they never did it. So they die and their gift and their dream and their anointing go with it. The greatest place on the earth is the graveyard because that's where all the untapped gifts lie. Can I hear an amen? You know what Jesus said, guys? Jesus said this principle as well. You don't have to turn to it. You know what he said? He said, guys, the problem is not the harvest. In other words, the problem is not the broken people. There's going to be broken people all the time. The problem, guys, disciples, is not the sinners. There's going to be sinners all the time. That's not the problem. You, no, it's not the problem. No, we don't want them to stay that way. But that's not really the problem. You go anywhere and you will find broken people. You know what he said the problem is? Is that we don't have enough volunteers to go after the harvest. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He goes, guys, the broken people are not the problem. It's you guys who are not rising up to go after the broken people. And you know how you go after them? By, uh, by saying, what is my gift? Don't try to do what somebody else does. Do what God has called you to do. What is your gift? Maybe you could cook. I can't. Maybe you could cook real good. You know what? You could open up your home and, and, and cook. And let me tell you something. That could be an avenue for you to spread the love of Jesus to somebody. Can I hear an amen? It's been said that 20% of the church body does 80% of the work. 20% statistics say 20% of the church body does 80% of the work. Now you wonder why pastors and leaders and people who volunteer are, are burning out all over America. You know why? Because of the fact that they're doing 80% of the work and only 20% of, of the people are, are doing it. Can I hear an amen? I want to read this to you because this made me weep when I read this. Recent statistics say, I want you to hear this. The reason most people quit and uh, church or, or burn out in, in uh, church activity or church volunteers are not because they don't like what they're doing. It's because they feel ineffective in their role because they have no help. It's not 
People quit not because they don't like what they do. It's because they feel ineffective because they have no help. And you know why? Churches close down at a rapid rate. Do a study for me if you don't mind. There's churches that close down every week in, in America. You know why? Because there's a very few people that are doing it, yet the people that are sitting in this church community have gifts, and they're sitting on the gifts. I'm going to say something to you. Years ago, uh, when I was a, 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 a younger uh, man, I would travel a lot. And I remember going to this uh, Spanish church. And I had, I had like about 20 uh, you know, leaders. I had this big old posse coming up with me. You know, Everywhere I went, I had like 20 leaders or whatever. And I remember when I was in this church, and I said this before, but there's a lot of new people here that have not heard this story. Uh, I went to this church, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And, I, and, I'm, and it's like empty. And I'm the guest speaker. And I'm saying, hey, um, where is, uh, where, I'm the guest speaker, uh, you know, um, where, you know, do you know where we're at? It's like, yeah, 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 don't worry, just go over there. And so when I go over there, I see this guy with glasses, and he's sweating, and he's putting chairs up, and he's putting these things up, and then he's going back, and like, he's going back to the sound booth, and he's checking, and then he's going back, and then we had transparency. Remember those transparency machine days? Oh, thank you for deliverance, Lord, from transparency machines. Oh, like, like oh, you had to put up, like, like oh, there's the words right there. <laughs> and he was putting the transparency machines up and doing that stuff. And I go, hey, sir, how you doing? This is, I'm Pastor George. I'm here to, uh, as a guest speaker, I was invited. I, I want to I meet the pastor. Where's the pastor? And he, he fixed his glass. He goes, you're looking at him. I'm the pastor. I'm like, where's all your helpers? Oh, well, you know, they, and they were just talking outside, doing whatever. So I said, okay. So I never, I never do this. I'm preaching, and, and, and honestly, guys, when I'm preaching, I, there was a deadness, and there was, like, the church was, like, empty. I had more leaders in the church. Like, I had 20, and they, they didn't even have that. And so I'm preaching, and this poor, you know, pastor is just, like, doing everything. And in the middle of my message, I, I just erupted with boldness. I said, you know why your church is not growing? I said, because your pastor is too busy doing your job. You're not giving him an opportunity to focus on the word and focus on the people because he's too busy doing the sound and the chairs and the tables and everything else because you're sitting on your gift. I never got invited to church again, but you know what? <laughs> it wasn't because of that. It was because I, I fell from the Lord. I'm taking the risk if I say this, but I'd rather never get invited to stir somebody up and not live the rest of their life in an entitlement mentality. Oh, don't make me preach good here. The church lives in an entitlement. You know what? I deserve, I deserve this. I'm not going to do anything for the church because I work for five days. So do I. Just because I'm a pastor don't mean I don't work. I'm counseling. I'm meeting. I'm studying. It takes me two and a half days to prepare for a sermon. I've been doing it for years. I'm not just saying that to boast, but we put a lot of work into the ministry. Let me tell you something. God needs your gift. And if you're not careful, you'll become an entitlement Christian that, doesn't, that only wants to receive and don't want to give out. And an entitlement Christian will get offended easy, by the way. It's, 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 that's what it is. Look at the next slide. Are you getting something? Watch this. The next slide. Fear and lack of confidence are one of the main reasons people don't use their God-given gifts. I'm going to say that again. Fear and lack of confidence are one of the main reasons people don't use their God-given gifts and talents. Look at me. When Paul the Apostle was talking to Timothy, when we read the book of Timothy, I will have a clue for you for those of you who don't know. I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm just giving you a lesson. It's not Timothy talking. It's Paul the Apostle writing letters to his spiritual son, Timothy. And that's where we get the book, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. They're epistles written by the Apostle Paul that we could read for our edification 
justification. And do you know that when Paul the Apostle was talking about the famous scripture on fear, what's the famous scripture on fear, guys? God is not what? Come on, shout at me. God is not what? Giving us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. And you know what? We use that for everything. And that's true. We could use that for everything. We could use it for, for, for demons. We could use it for, for darkness. But Paul was not writing Timothy to, to, to uh, not be afraid of the dark. He was not saying, hey, Timothy, I remind you, God has not given you a spirit of fear, so don't be afraid of the dark. No, he already knew that Jesus was poured into, we have all power over demons and principalities. So he wasn't saying, hey, don't fear the demons. He goes, no, 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 that's, that's, that's just, that's nothing. He goes, there's gifts inside of you that you're afraid to release because of persecution. If you release those gifts, uh, okay, you don't believe me? Look at this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, look at verse 5. When I call to remembrance, he's talking to, Paul the Apostle is, is writing to Timothy. This is good stuff, guys. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Timothy, which dwells forth in your grandmother. Oh, that I could preach on. That's a heritage that he's talking about. Lois and your mother Eunice. All these things were in your mother and your grandmother, Timothy. Watch this. I am persuaded that it's in you also. Watch this. Therefore, I remind you. Now, watch this, guys. Say it with me. Stir up the gift that is inside of you. Say that with me one more time. Say, stir up the gift that is inside of you through the laying of my hands. The very next sentence. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. Do you see this? But of power, love, and sound mind. In other words, he just didn't just pop in his head. Oh, by the way, don't be afraid. No, he is cocking in context of using his gift. My goodness. He said, stir up the gift. By the way, here's a real good revelation. He said, Timothy, it's your job to stir it, not your pastor's job, not my job. Your job. He said, you stir up the gift. Pastor, George, Pastor Paul, what, what do I got to do? You stir it up. How do you stir it up? By recognizing it and using it and saying, I'm available. Like, like Christina uh, saying, I am available. I thank God for the volunteers that are using your gifts for the children, for the foyer, for the singing, for the setup. Without you, we can't have a church. Imagine if those people decided not to use their gifts. We would not have a church. Or we would, but I would be burned out. And we'll be short-lived. You know what? There's a poster that when I was growing up, I'm going to age myself now, that was Uncle Sam and it said, and it was pointing, and it says, we need you, right? And I would see that, I'm like, oh my God, every, every time I looked at that, like I thought I was going to jail or something. But you know what? There's a poster in heaven going like this right now. He's saying, and God is saying, we need you to stir up your gift. The world is waiting for you. The church is waiting for you. Your family is waiting for you. Your neighbors are waiting for you. Your pastor is waiting for you. We need you. Can I hear an amen? So fear is one of the reasons people don't use their gifts. In the NLT, in that same verse, oh man, you're going to love me for this. You know what it says in that same verse in NLT? It says, fan into flame the gift of God. So in the, NL, in the New King James, it says, stir up the gifts. In the NLT, it says, fan into flame. Fan into flame. You know what that means? Not using your gifts could cause you to dry up in the fire of God. He said, watch this. And how do you sharpen and make the, how do you stir? Do you just say, gift of God, be stirred in me. There is, it's stirred. <laughs> or do you just say, gift of God, be fanned into flame now. Oh, there it is. <laughs> fanned into flame. No, 
Here's a revelation. Really, I'm going to give you real deep revelation. Here's how you make your gift stronger. Use them. Come on. <laughs> Use them. Activate them. You know my teaching gift is much stronger now because I'm used to using them than it was 10 years ago. My teaching gift is stronger than, now than it is 10 years ago. Not because I'm more anointed. It's because I've been put in situations that a demand has been placed on me that I have to study and I have to keep using this gift. It's a sword. Hallelujah. When you, when you use a sword, at first you don't know how to use it. But boy, when you start using that over and over and over and over and over again, you're going to be a skillsman. In using the sword, the more you use something, the sharper and stronger it gets. And I hear to, I'm here to lovingly, uh, lovingly give you a little pow pow. You know the Spanish people go pow pow. <laughs> I'm going to give you a loving pow pow. <laughs> the reason why, <laughs> the reason some of you guys, your sword, if your gift is shallow, because you haven't used it in a long time. The reason why you're comfortable is because you haven't used your gifts. Do you guys know that people are waiting for you? Do you know that other people's destiny? No, no, I'm going to say something powerful. People's destiny are waiting for you to operate in your gift. Destinies. Some of the people that have got encountered through my ministry would not have been encountered the way that they have encountered if I did not say yes to the gift of God in me. I could have said, no, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. And multitudes of people would not have gotten touched or saved or whatever in the way that God predestined to do it if I did not say yes to that. Listen, your yes is an open door for other people's yes. Woo. Can I hear an amen? So what does God, so, so watch this, watch this, watch this. The third slide, put it up there. What does releasing God's gift to you, you're going you're to love me for this. How many are feeling stirred this morning? No, seriously, I don't want this to be a good message. I want you to be like, you know what? I need to do something today about my gift. Come on. I, I'm serious. Everyone has a gift. Say, I have, I have a, gift. a gift. Say, I have, I have a, gift. a gift. It's up to me to stir it up and to use it for the Lord and for the local church. Look at what 3 says. What does releasing your gift do? It opens doors for you and it advances the kingdom of God. Wait, 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 Pastor George, my gift opens doors, like opportunities. My gift, absolutely. Your gift will open doors for you to minister all over or to minister into the capacity that God has. And it will advance the kingdom of God. Don't sit on your gift. Listen, your gift has an opportunity to, to, to get you before great men. As a matter of fact, look at what Proverbs says. Look at what Proverbs uh, 18, I believe it says. Yeah, Proverbs 18, verse 16. Look at what it says. A man's gift, oh, I'm going to run right now, makes room for him and brings him before great men. What? A man's gift opens doors, or that, that word makes room means open doors for him, and, pre, and brings him before great, great men. Do you realize something? I'm going to say something powerful. When you operate in your gift, it's also the avenue that God's going to use to bless you financially. Woo! Absolutely. Absolutely right. Because it will open doors for you to stand in front of kings and presidents. And it will open doors for you to minister the gospel or however you are. Listen, I can't do what Pedro does and he can't do what I do. But if we both operate on our gift, we can see an explosion of the gospel being forth in the earth. Let me tell you something. 
David, look at me, look at me. How do I know this is true? By the way, uh, if you do some study, this verse also is talking about money as your gift also. Because King Solomon gave gift to the Queen of Sheba. And I don't want to get into that. But I'm telling you, when he was talking about this, he was actually talking about my gift made room for me. My finet, my gift. You don't want me to talk about that today. He said, my gift made room for me. My gift that I gave to the Queen of Sheba, the gift that I made, it actually made room for me. Look at this. Watch this. Watch this. David, everybody say David, David, was a nobody in the sight of people. He was somebody in the sight of God. We know that, all right? He was playing his gift without nobody seeing. He was just in that wilderness. He was strumming his heart, his harp, sorry. And he, and he wasn't doing it for attention. That was a gift. Everybody say a gift. He had a gift of music. He had a gift of singing. He had a gift of songwriting. And he was in the wilderness singing, and he was in the, the, the wilderness playing his harp. And all of a sudden, watch this, watch this, how, it, how your gift will make room for you. He's strumming away, and all of a sudden, there's some people, it doesn't say, but you have to connect the dots in Scripture, that would hear this beautiful music coming from this boy. And those people happened to be one of the presidents or the king's assistant. His name was Saul. Saul was the king, and he was wicked, and he was actually currently going through a demonic, uh, uh, tormenting spell, and he was looking for deliverance. And so when these people passed by, he would say, man, I, see, I feel this incredible sound coming from over here. I don't even, the Bible even doesn't say this. He's just like, like somebody from the house of Jesse is doing their gift. Watch. They're playing their gift without trying to be known. But watch this. The gift made room for them. Because this assistant of Saul said, hey, listen, Saul, there's this young man that every time I pass by there, there's a sweet presence coming out. I don't really know his name. He's coming from uh, Jesse's house. But I'm sure if you put him in front of you, that tormenting spirit that you're having is going to go away. I don't have time to read it, but it's in 1 Samuel uh, uh, chapter 16. I'm not going to go there right now. So guess what? He comes out the next day. Do you think he's playing his gift? Do you think that he realized that, that in one day his life is going to change? He comes out, does his gift, and a whole bunch of horsemen come in and say, David, your gift has been recognized. You've been playing. And our king of the entire country has a need. He's being tormented. And all you have to do is you're going to go to the, you're going to go to the spiritual white house here. You're going to go to the Israeli place of the of the, where, they, where they had the king and you all you're going to do is you're going to play music watch this in one day he went from a, the pasture to the palace in one day you know why because he honored his gift he kept playing his gift and but the bible says that the gift will open door for you and present you before mighty mighty men do you think he woke up that morning and said you know what i'm going to be in front of the president of israel no he just played and the lord says because your gift has been consistent. I've caused other people to hear the gift I've put in you. And now I'm going to present you and I'm going to promote you. And one day, you're going to be in front of the king. It will open doors for you. Can I hear an amen? I need the worship team to come up here. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I feel the Holy Spirit here. Guys, stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. You know what? If you're being convicted, that's a good thing. I want to be very honest with you. Be transparent. We need you. But I got no amens. Amen. They're <laughs> like, no, please don't say that, Pastor George. You don't need me. That's so sad. 
We need you. But it doesn't have to be on Sunday morning. It could be your business. It could be your income. It could be, it, it could be your, your wisdom. It could be your construction ability. It could be your painting ability. It could be your artistic ability. Come on, man. Watch this. Another reason why people don't use their gifts, all right, while the worship team is because we are, you're not gonna, are you okay if I say this? We become lazy. Do you know what a curse word is in, Amer- in, in church? You want, you want, I'm about, I'm not, okay, so those of you who are listening, I'm not going to say a curse word, but you know what a, what a curse word is in the church today? It starts with an S, and don't start thinking weird stuff. Sacrifice. <laughs> see, see, you're like, oh my gosh. You just said a curse word. Sacrifice? Woo! Don't want to do that. Sacrifice has become a curse word in the church because I'm here to tell you, without, without, um, without shaking, without uh, apology, that in order for you and I to operate in our gifts, you have to sacrifice a little bit. That's true. What does that mean, Pastor? That means you get, to operate in your gift, especially in the local church, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit extra of your time. You're going to have to sacrifice a little bit extra, maybe, of your resources. You're going to have to sacrifice a little bit extra of your personal strength. Guess what? But those things are needed for your gift to come to pass. Because, listen, if we don't, then the problem is going to say that you're going to stay the same way that you've always stayed. Look at, real quick, in closing, look at Romans chapter 12, verse 4 in the NLT. Glory to God. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 in the NLT. Let me tell you, when you're flowing in your God-given ability, it will be a delight, not a burden. I said, when you are flowing in your God-given ability, it will be a delight, not a burden. Say, not a burden. It will be a delight to do it. It will be a delight to volunteer. It will be a delight, watch this, to use your gifts. I'm looking at, at Godward right now. If I had no clue how to do sound when I started church. But the Lord highlighted me to him to me, and, and then I had no clue that he was doing sound for Universal Studios. I go, what? I look at Ray, and I'm talking to him. We're having Chinese food in his house, and he's like, yeah, I'm a CFO in my company. I'm like, what? All these people that I started meeting with, I realized I had a specific gift. Let me tell you, that if they weren't doing their gift, we would not be functioning as we are functioning right now. The reason why we're fruitful is because everyone is tapping into their gift. Say amen. Watch this. Look at Romans 12. You're going to be happy. <laughs> Verse 4. NLT, say amen if you're there. Watch this. Remember I said laziness? Watch this. Just as our bodies have many parts. Oh, come on, preach, Paul. And each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. Come on, let this run deep in you. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us, watch this, different what? Shout at me. I can't hear you. Different what? One more time. Different what? For doing certain things well. So if God has given you, watch this, the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. I love this. Are you ready for this deep, deep, real deep gift? If your gift is serving others, God calls serving others a gift. What? Oh, come on, Pastor George. That's not really not a gift. You know, all I could do is just serve others. No. Be encouraged. The Apostle Paul said that is one of the gifts he says for you to stir up. 
What do you mean? Not just speaking in tongues, not just teaching, not just prophesying, not just all the big stuff. No, one of the gifts is serving. Look at what it says. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. <laughs> I'm laughing here. If you are a teacher, teach well. Watch this. If your gift is to encourage others, again, if your gift is to encourage others, what, what does it say? What does it say? Be encouraging. Wow, what a revelation, huh? <laughs> what a deep revelation. If your gift is encouraging, you would think, okay, you got to do three steps of this, do some that, go to seminary school and do this. And no, he goes, just be encouraging. If that's your gift, be encouraging. Watch this. It, watch this. I love this. Some of you guys love this. Hear me now. If it's giving, give generously. Hear me. Some of you, I'm going to set you free. You feel like you don't fit in in church because you don't have this gift. You don't have the gift. But I'm going to tell you, some of you, you have a gift of giving. God said that. And God says that's perfectly okay. You could sit down, and if that's what you feel that God has gifted you to do, then give generously. Come on, say amen. Some of you, I say this by the Holy Spirit, some of you God has blessed supernaturally and has given you the gift of giving so that we could feed the poor, so that we could pay the rent, so that we could continue with the work of the Lord. And you say, well, I don't have anything else. God says, that's enough. And that's going to go a long way. Go, go to God. Have about five minutes because we have to leave a little early for intro to RCC. But look at the last verse. Look, look at the last verse. Put the last verse there, verse 11, Zach. Look at what it says. Look what it says. Verse 11 in Romans 12. And go. And now. And power. Okay, well, I'll just read it right here. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Wait a minute. I'm going to say that slow so you guys can hear me. So you can hear me, right? This is what Paul said, not Pastor George. Never be lazy. Work hard. God forbid we work hard. Oh, no, I, mean, I don't want to preach that anyways. Christians want things for free, and they don't want to work hard for anything. Watch this. And serve the Lord enthusiastically. If I were to look at volunteers in the body of Christ in America, I would not think that they're serving the Lord enthusiastically. It's more like a prune face, like, I got to be with the children today. Oh, God, help me. And you, and that you, you prepare yourself because you're going to be volunteering for the children. Yeah, I know children are chaos, but you know what? If you have a gift of it, you should do it enthusiastically. Come on, say amen. I'm not getting amen here. <laughs> you know why? Because it's cutting deep. Some of us, sorry, if we're not careful, the majority of our volunteering is becoming a burden instead of enthusiasm. We need to be enthusiastic about about greeting people. We need to be enthusiastic about singing up on stage. We need to be enthusiastic about our teaching gift. We need to be enthusiastic about encouraging one another. Not like, it's my turn to do the children's. Oh God, help me please, Lord Jesus. Just one more day, one more week. Okay, good. That's not, should be, that's not the biblical attitude of it. You may say I'm being hard, but that's not the biblical attitude of, of, of serving. Because the Bible just said, that if you're gonna if you're gonna serve, don't be lazy, but do it enthusiastically. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? We can't blame the church for not seeing your gift. Let me hear. Let me say something. Then I'm gonna say four real quick points. On the day of judgment, you know what's not gonna fly on the day of judgment? When you stand before the Lord and you're gonna be judged by your gifts, you know that you're gonna be judged by how you lived, by your works, and how you stewarded the gift of God. You're gonna be judged by that. The excuse of the church leadership didn't see my gift is not going to fly in the day of judgment. You're going to stand before the king of kings and he said, what did you do with my gifts? 
well, Jesus, and powers come out of him. The church didn't see my gift. No. You know what, you know what Jesus said about the talent, the person of the talents, that, that he distributed gifts to everyone, and the last person said, look, I knew that you were a man, that you were kind of hard, and you reaped what you didn't sow, so I hid my gift. You would think Jesus would be like, oh, bendito, sorry. I'm so sorry. You're right. I, that he was a hard man. You're right. He goes, you wicked and lazy servant. The, the servant who did nothing with his gift, he didn't say, oh, my poor, poor guy, I understand you. He goes, you're lazy, I love you, but you're lazy. I'm not saying you're lazy, I'm saying that's what Jesus said. Watch this. What are some of the reasons, I'm closing with this, that people don't use their gifts? Do you want to read, you know what? There's going to be four reasons why people don't use their gifts, and then we're going to pray. Are you ready? Do you want to find out? Okay, first reason people don't use their gifts. You put that slide up there. Some of the reason people don't use their gifts is number one, they put little to no value in what God has given them. They put little or no value to what God has already placed in them. They actually think that their gift is so small that it can't be used by God. Or that you're so inexperienced that it can't be used by God. But you know what? Can I say something? Look, all eyes on me. I remember a story of a boy that in the Bible that didn't have a lot of things but valued the little and wasn't focused on what they didn't have but focused on what they did have. And even though it was little, he saw God multiply his little gift. And there was a guy, there was a little boy that had five loaves and two fishes. And the, that boy had was able to give that little that he had to Jesus. You know what happened? Jesus multiplied that to 5,000 people and had left over. Let me tell you something. If you focus on what you don't have versus what you do have, you'll never give anything to God. But if you start realizing, you know what? I don't have that much. Start valuing the little that you have and you'll see how God will multiply that. Have you, have you guys ever seen Three Amigos? I love Three Amigos. Some of you guys don't see I'm aging myself again. Three Amigos is a hilarious movie back in, I don't know, early 90s, I don't know. But there's, you know, there's, they're, they're, they're trying to run from this guy, El Guapo. <laughs> El Guapo. And so at the end, they're like, this town, this like little teeny town, they're not known for anything. How many have seen uh, uh, Three Amigos, right? So you know what I'm talking about. So at the end, they're like, what can this town really do well? <laughs> they're like, hmm, we can sew. See, someone, says, someone knows. And they're like, great, we can sew. But you know what? They used the little that they had. They only knew how to sew. And in the movie, they made a whole bunch of costume sewing but th that looked like three amigos so they could confuse the enemy. And they defeated the enemy by their gift. You may have a little bit that you may have to offer, but if you offer it, you will see the enemy, the enemy destroyed. Can I hear an amen? Number two. I'm almost closing. I promise. Number two. Number two. They don't see it. Say it again. Say they don't see it. The second reason people don't use your gift is that you believe, you've believed the lie that God has not given you a gift. I'm going to say that slowly so that can sink in because I feel that from the Lord. You believe with all your heart that God has given other people gifts but has not given you a gift. So you don't see it. And when you don't see it, you don't use it. But you have a gift. I said you have a gift. You know the third reason people don't see it? Oh, this is good. This is going to bring healing. Are you ready? comparison the reason people don't use their gift because you compare your gift with some other superstar out there wow look at that person the way that they're used of God they're not used like God I can't be like that or I don't think I could be used by God like that so you compare your gift with somebody else that's doing something 
powerful and that you cancel your gift because you're comparing your gift with other people. Let me tell you, we need to celebrate other people's gift, but don't postpone yours because of someone else's. Don't postpone your gift because you see a gift in somebody else. No. Don't compare your gift. Say, don't compare. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you've compared all your life. And you say, well, I'm, I'm more shallow than that person. No. From this day forward, don't compare to anybody else. God has made you unique. Are you ready for the fourth one? And I'm going to close. This is going to hit home on some of you. Look at the fourth one. The fourth reason people don't use is because of hurt before in the area of their giftings, abilities, and talents. They got hurt in other churches. Come on, help me preach, Holy Spirit. They got hurt by another pastor. They got hurt. They, didn't, they, 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 didn't, they got shamed or they tried to do something and they were put down. So they vowed, you know what? I'm never going to serve again. I don't want to do this again because I got hurt. Let me tell you something. Hurt in the area of your gifting and talents will, will greatly slow your ability to activate them in now. Can I hear an amen? Some of us need restoration from being hurt in our gifts so that we can activate them. Now, what are some of the ways you can get, uh, get involved? You can get involved here by using your gift in singing. You can get involved by using your gift in the arts. You can get involved in security. You can get in art in our, in our, or in our uh, guest service team. You can get involved in the children. My wife, as you know, she's never here. I don't say that boastfully, but she's always back there because she does not have enough volunteers. I thank God for Paige and others that are saying, I have a heart for young people, for, for, for children. We need more. We need more people that say, you know what? I have a heart for children. Doesn't mean you have to be the, the children's leader. Just volunteer once a month. Stir up the gift. Listen to me. I want everyone to stand up. And we're going to pray right now. I have instructions from the Lord. We're going to pray. I want you to say this after me. Fan into flame the gift of God that's in you, that's in me. Say that one more time. I fan into flame the gift of God that's in me. Is it encouraging? Is it hospitality? Is it giving? Is it teaching? Is it prophesying? Is it photography? Is it marketing? Is it sound? Is it music? Is it children? Is it youth? I'm going to give you a challenge today. Let this be a, a movement from RCC that starts stirring the gift of God in you so that you and I could have... Listen, the Bible says even the things that are, are, seem insignificant are worthy of double honor. Some of you, you have a gift of giving. Don't let the superstar mentality behind a pulpit stop you from doing that. I want us to lift up our hands. We're gonna, can we pray? Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.